Welcome to the Irish NFL show. It's our week 18 regular season finale game preview and picks show. Right, let's give you a rundown of the numbers. So four AFC teams have clinched playoff places already. Six can still qualify from the AFC depending on the outcome of these games. Five of the seven NFC spots have already been clinched. Number one seeds, of course, have both conferences already decided. The Ravens in the AFC, 49ers in the NFC. Um, there are six other teams fighting for the remaining two playoff spots in the NFC. So when you boil all that down, it's commiserations to fans of the other 11 teams, including my Bears and Bryant's Giants, who've already been eliminated at this point, and seven other teams will be joining them on Desolation Road after the uh, the weekend's games. No Thursday night football, of course, and no Monday night football. Uh, all of those matchups will be decided on Saturday and Sunday. So look, as we prepare to bring the curtain down on the regular season for 23-24 and begin growing our playoff beards, um, it's important that you know we'd just like to call out the support that we've had from our partner, Quinn Bet. Um, including their recent merchandise drop, which has been very gratefully received. You can see Brian rocking his. Um, still waiting on my delivery from uh, from O'Leary Towers to arrive, but no no doubt it'll be with me very soon. soon. So the mugs, the hats, uh, the polo shirts, the gilets, uh, all very much appreciated, and they will get plenty of use, I can tell you, including on our upcoming trip to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. So look, on with the show, and with our first segment of Picks and Previews, which is brought to you by Points, demonstrating the value of global PR and comms. And see how Roofpoint can help your business at Roofpoint.com. Brian, it's Steelers at Ravens Saturday at half nine. A couple of weeks ago, the Steelers looked well set up for the playoffs. Then they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Then you were looking at this Ravens game with the way the Ravens have been playing, saying, Oof, if the Ravens are still trying to get that number one seed, um, good luck. Now this actually looks like the easiest leg of the accumulator for the Steelers because Ravens are going to rest their players. Yeah, they've Landing on their feet, it's a fair to say. Lamar, um, Lamar is obviously not going to play, and, and Huntley is going to step in. You suppose he has similar traits as a quarterback to what we've seen from Lamar, but he, he like we saw last year, he doesn't run the offense as effectively as as Lamar. Lamar does. Yeah, the Steelers, like it's one of those teams we've written off so many times, and we joke and we scratch our heads around how they're in this position year after year with Mike Tomlin, such a fantastic head coach, another winning season, and win a season where they've had so much. Difficulty at the quarterback between Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's poor play, the, the offensive coordinator being very selective of his play calling, and obviously he was relieved of his duties. You then have Kenny Pickett's injury concerns. It doesn't work with Mitch Trubisky. They, they land on Rudolph. He gets a bit of a spark. And it all points now towards the Cedars certainly doing their piece. And it kind of reminds me of weekend week 18 last year where they needed the Patriots and the Jets to, I think it was the Jets to Dolphins beat the Jets. It was, that was the game that caught that upset the apple cart, but they got all the results in which they needed. I don't think it's as, as difficult this time around. I think they only need the Bills to lose on Sunday Night Football to the Dolphins for them to be in a position to make the playoffs. But I think they'll do their part. I certainly think on Saturday, Saturday night, and it's time for us to watch a game on Saturday even, but how much the Ravens are invested in this game, I don't know. I think they'll play tough for maybe two and a half quarters because you know, ultimately it's in AFC North Clash and they always play hard, but I think Steers are fortunate if they've come into this position. Yeah, when you think the Steelers are, are, are four-point favourites on the road at Baltimore, I don't think anybody's gone into Baltimore and been four-point favourites so far this season. So that's reflective of uh, the view of Reston Lamar and and other starters. Not entirely sure who else is not going to suit up for the Ravens in that game. But I mean, the one thing here, Brian, is and we, we, we talked about it before the season started. The Ravens, 
the Ravens, if they're playing a game of tiddlywinks in the dressing room, they're taking it seriously. Like that's that's part of their culture. No team had a longer preseason winning streak than the Ravens. Like one of the things that's gotten them where they are is that there's no such thing as a meaningless game. And if I know the Ravens, I think anyone who's pulling on that uniform to play at the weekend is in no mood to help uh, welcome the Steelers into the playoff picture. Like they'll want to go out there, they'll be playing for their own places and potentially for for playoff time, like they'll have pride to play for. Baltimore is a very strong culture. I mean, it's definitely a lot easier for the Steelers than it could have been. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, the one concern I'd have from a Pittsburgh perspective, and as you know, you don't take anything that I say about Pittsburgh seriously because I don't seem to be able to get anything right with, when it comes to them from week to week. It's been an ongoing trope on the Irish NFL show this season. Um, you'd think Steelers would be one team that I'd actually know a little bit better, but um, it doesn't seem to be working out th- that way in terms of my ability to pick their games. But We've seen so many um, quarterbacks this season, backup quarterbacks and from nowhere quarterbacks come in, play well for one or two or three games before eventually they revert to the mean. And you wonder after two very good outings, is this the game where Rudolph comes up against that? Like that Baltimore defense, as we've seen, you know, they rolled into Santa Clara and did a number on the 49ers. You know, the explosive Dolphins team got absolutely pounded last week, you know. I know not everybody is suiting up for the Ravens, but they know what they're about. You know, McDonald has been touted as one of the outstanding coordinators this season and somebody who's probably going to be in the in the mix for a for a head coaching job in the offseason. Like, none of those guys are taking the night off, right? They're not looking at this going, yeah, we're just playing for the playoffs. And also, in the back of my mind, and you mentioned it last week, and I think it was a really good point, is you know, John Harbaugh and the Ravens are semi-haunted by, no matter how much they say they're not, by what happened in 2019 when they clinched the number one seed when they rested their players and when they got turned over by the Titans who went on to the championship game. Like, that's the last thing they want to happen. And, you know, Lamar addressed it during the week. He said, that was my first season as a starter, so things have moved on. We've all learned an awful lot since then. But it's a difficult thing to manage, and we get to the 49ers later. It's it's not as straightforward as we rest our players, we take the L, it gives us an extra week to prepare and to rest up and for everybody to heal. You know, you can get bushwhacked that way fairly easily depending on your your, your opponent. And we've seen it happen time and time again in the playoffs where a hungry team that's had to scrap and claw tooth and nail just to get into the playoffs wins on wildcard weekend, comes into your building, and they're ready to rock. And if you're slow to start, um, you can find yourself behind the chains very, very easily, um, which is a long-winded way of saying I do think the Steelers will, will fulfill their favourites tag. Um, but I'm, I'm very interested to see just what kind of Ravens team shows up and, and how hard they play don't think anything's going to be easy for Pittsburgh this weekend, but I think they're good enough to justify their favourites tie. I just want to make a quick point on this, Connor, and, and we're going to get into so many games and so many permutations where it's very similar in terms of teams going into the, these games with the, the, the play for. I I find it very hard to recall a season where all these games went the way of the team who needed to win as opposed to the team who were resting up. There's always one game. No matter how many players are, are, are rested, some team turns up and they go out and, and they put a beat down like you know um, that Harbour is going to be saying I'm comfortable with who I'm going to put in here on Saturday we're at home in this game we want to fulfill, fulfill our obligation to the league to go on and play this game properly and, and beat Steelers like it's not a concern it's a possibility it's not like this is a Steelers juggernaut team they've been inconsistent throughout the course of the season they seem to have got it right over the past two weeks would it be yeah, would it be a surprise once we pick the Steelers and think they'll win it wouldn't surprise me to see a Ravens team because last year, Houghton, he has been suggesting as a starter in the league, if he got an opportunity elsewhere, he's, yeah. he can come in. We're just saying he's not he's not the quarterback at the Mars level. But can he come in in one game and, and yeah. compete and win a game? I think he can. 
Absolutely right. Look, we, we two teams last year who enhanced their reputation during their playoff, their unsuccessful playoff runs. Both went one and done um, in Miami and Baltimore, but both showed up in really tough spots where they were expected to be absolutely beaten out the gate. Um, Bengals were very fortunate to get that goal line stop and the big man uh, pick six going, or not, it was a, it was a, a fun scoop and score going back the other way um, in that game. And, you know, the, the, the Dolphins without Tua um, showed up very strong in their game against the Bills and, and then Buffalo were lucky to get out of that one in the end with the with, with the win. Like, the, the, this Baltimore team, to your point, knows how to play. Their, their backups are going in there. Like Tyler Huntley's thinking... Mark Jackson could easily get get an injury, God forbid, in the in the playoffs, and I'm in. So I'm going to use this opportunity to sharpen my own skills and sharpen my own case. Because who, who knows who knows what's going to happen down the road? Um, yeah, I like I, I I'm with you. I think one of these games that's expected to go a certain way isn't going to go that way. I'm, I'm reserving my judgment, and we'll come back to that one later. I don't think it's going to be this one, but uh, I think there's there's going to be uh, there's going to be one team that upsets the odds in in those supposedly uh, um, open and shut cases. Um, Texans at Colts is this 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 is a really spicy one for me, Brian. One of the better games on on a, on a weekend that's going to be full of um of absolute you know ch- chess matches with boxing gloves on. This the reverse fixture. This one is the one where Gardner Minshew came into the lineup for the first time for the Colts with Richardson going down. And um, he obviously guided to the Colts the Colts to win in that game. Um, the Texans are about as marginal a favourite as it's possible to be. They're favoured by one point in this one uh, on the road. Uh, Bookies, our partner Quinbet included, find this one almost too close to call. Where do you see it? I hear, I look at the quarterback situation here. I trust more right now, and it's in a, in a roundabout way. It should be Gardner Minshew. He's been in the league quite some time. He's you know he's experienced enough. He's he's been with the Eagles last year. Albie as the backup. He's gone through the playoff. Marathon in terms of being in a Super Bowl and recognizing the importance of this game. When I was looking at the Texans' victories and I was in particular their 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 road victories, like they've gone on the road this year and and won games and won games of critical times. This is far removed from the Week Two game, which we saw where Richardson, as you touched on, obviously got injured in concussion. Minshew stepped in. I think we're, it's a far cry from that game. I think the Texans last week was a really Big game for them. I know they were going up against the Titans team that's coming towards the end of the season, but it was the dominant performance and it was the technicals of what we saw earlier on the season. The smash male football complemented by a really good quarterback, really effective play with the wide receivers and a defense that's down and smelt this year with under the new coaching scheme. And I look at the Colts defense and they're being a bit erratic. They've had two or three games for pick sixes in a row and then they, they lay an egg. And whilst they got over the night last week, I thought Aiden and we touched on it on Monday show, Aiden O'Connell. In the region, 286 yards, and people said he had a poor game. Still, he was still allowed to do that in the Colts defense. So I think if the Texans get going, I think it'll be a difficult night for the Colts. And despite the fact they're at home, I'm going to go with the Texans. Both sides, 9 and 7. The winner gets into the playoffs. I think it's going to be the Texans come 4 a.m. that are celebrating. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think, um, you know, one interesting stat that I picked up uh, looking at this game was that the Colts are 6 and 0 in games where Minshew doesn't, doesn't throw a pick. Um, once he turns the ball over, it tends to be a very different picture, and they, they've lost every single game in which he's thrown an interception. Believe it or not, uh, I think one of the things I was waiting to see was how would Stroud be after coming out of the protocol and coming back into the lineup, and would he ball out? He, he absolutely did, and you know, I'd actually picked the tex- Texans for that game because it seemed what they did at Miami. They didn't look like a team that was heading into you know a series of meaningless games and was checked out, and um, they looked like they meant business. And I thought they might go in there and look to spoil the 
Texans party, but the Texans just weren't weren't allowing that to happen. And again, look, we've seen so much from a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, and and a selection of hopeful draft picks this year in that building is is maturity that belies their years and doing things that it normally takes players and, and teams a couple of years to learn how to do pulling out tight games as you say on the road and um, coming coming in and executing fourth quarter comebacks you know is, from a Chicago perspective that's one of the things that was thrown at Justin Fields for the last three years well yeah however talented he might be he's he's tightening up in those fourth quarter spots and he hasn't been able to lead a fourth quarter comeback until he executed one against Minnesota CJ Stroud has pretty much um, nailed every single one that he needed to and that's what's put them in this position that they've come out of the the, the, the situations where nobody thought that they would and um, this I wouldn't say is a situation where nobody thinks they can win as we were saying it's it's there's a you know a, a sliver of paper between these two teams um, as as you look at it but I just think Texans are where they'd want to be in terms of the personnel they got at their disposal and um, I think they can get to Gardner and cause them a bit of trouble I like the balance on that Texans offense um, and I'm 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 just about favoring them myself. Um, next one now is uh, is the the NFC South showdown, Bucks at Panthers, and um, both of them coming off bad defeats last week. You know this was a game, Brian, that kind of showed up. Um, some of the Baker Baker Mayfield flaws. You know we've seen so much of good Baker this season. He led them to four wins on a row, which has really kind of brought them from obscurity into the playoff picture and potentially winning that division and getting a home game in the playoffs, which you you would not have been talking about in. Uh, at the end of end of October, starts in November, and um, you know again, they, they they took a bad beating last week. But it it seems inconceivable to me that Tampa rolls into Carolina and loses against the worst team in the league. Like the Panthers are picking first overall. Well, they're not actually <laughs> they they're getting the number one pick, but they're not going to be picking uh, in in the draft for good reason. And the, 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 if you can't go in and win this game, like what are you doing at all? There's a few things I wanted to throw out in this game, one of which was Kieran Boyd, who obviously is stateside and is involved in the show. He was at the game last weekend, but saw him on the show. He said he couldn't get over, and this is not what he was putting out you know, on the social. It was more about the internal group messages. He said he couldn't get over how much the Panthers were despondent. And like that little jump they had initially after the firing of the head coach in Frank Reich and then the, the play for the interim coach, that's all gone away. This team and these players could like yeah bunch of guys that are just happy for the season to be ended and from a Bucks perspective I don't know whether it's it's accurate to say this but they struck me last Sunday as a team that knew no matter what the circumstances of last Sunday's game against the Saints was they had the opportunity to win the division this weekend against the Panthers and again we're talking about teams and that mysterious landing on their feet I don't think the, the Bucks could have asked for a nicer game but, you know, it was a bit like, what's the point? I think that's a really good point. I wonder, was the lack of jeopardy last week for them versus I think so. the situation that the Saints had, the thing that actually decided that the Saints came out and looked like a team that was backed into a corner. And to your point, the Bucks looked like a team that had a second chance and had a kind of golden ticket in their back pocket, or so they felt. Yeah, the Saints, like, from the, from, from, it, even in terms of the, the pound for pound tackling during the game, just, and, and the Bucks have, have been costing that because they just didn't look like the same team. They've, they've during the, nurturing a number of injuries this week, including the quarterback, brother Baker Mayfield has obviously got to put himself in a position to play this game. Mike Evans only had three, separate, three receptions last weekend. Like He's normally having an average of seven to eight per game. He's been getting two plus touchdowns in other games. Again, totally off. And, and with, in, in saying that, when they finally got, and got their heads together in the fourth quarter, they look like they may have an, an unlikely comeback only for God with the fumble when he goes down. Like this is Bucs all day. It has to be. I mean, as we touched on, we're talking about the Steelers falling on their feet in a, in a roundabout way. Have the Bucks fallen on their feet with the 
situation in Carolina. The Carolina Panthers won, and we touched on it on Monday. They need a strong-minded head coach to win there. So again, it doesn't surprise me today that there's a report out there that Bill Belichick has been highly sought after by a number of NFC South teams. This offseason, obviously, the Panthers very much seem to be in the mix. So maybe that's the, that's the conversation for a storyline coming out of this game. But I imagine... Oh, come, I'd love to get the fly-in-the-wall footage from Belichick talks today with Tepper. Yeah, well, Tepper's, he's fitting the blow of 300k in his back pocket this week with an NFL fine. Look, I think the conversation coming out is kind of has to be Bucks victory on potentially who Panthers are going to go after for an head coach and Bucks all day. Yeah, 300k, I'd say David Tepper has that behind the couch in his place, to be honest with you, as somebody calculated. He's the wealthiest owner in the NFL, his net worth of $20.6 billion. So 300k is less than 1% of 1% of, of his net worth. So there isn't a violin small enough to, to commiserate with Tepper on that uh, that well-deserved fine. Um, but the, the yeah, the books not only have have a golden pathway here to the playoffs, Brian, as as, as you've outlined. I'd say a few players are probably feeling chippy, like the Pro Bowl nominations or the Pro Bowl selections. Obviously, were out today. Um, and if there's one player who was entitled to feel peed off at uh, at not being selected, you would think it's Antoine Winfield. Like he, I, for me, he's been one of the outstanding safeties this season. He's really balled out for them. Has been one of the reasons why this. You know, veteran uh, defensive core at, at, at Tampa has kind of kept them in the fight and, and put them in the position where they are. So you know, I, I expect the books to come out of the blocks here and, uh, and not leave it in any doubt. You know, as you say, Panthers players, pride is, is, is an absolutely meaningful motivator. These guys are professional football players. You know, they're not going out to finish the season two and 15 as they now look uh, odds on to do. So, you know, this might be maybe closer than some people expect because sometimes you get that kind of last thing of a dying wasp effort for, from a team that's otherwise doomed but yeah it, it's books all day long it's kind of hard to make the case for Carolina based on everything we've seen this season they are where they are you know that, that old cliche your record you are what your record says you are they definitely are the worst team in the league and they proved it unfortunately for them uh, time and time again um, another game that, that you know again favours one team you would think given where both squads are, are ahead of it this time of year is, is Jaguars at Titans, Brian. You know, the Jags have faltered badly in recent weeks. Looked at one stage like they had a, had a shot at the number one seed in the AFC. That's now a, a very, very distant memory. Um, they're favoured by five coming off the beatdown they inflicted on Carolina that we've just been talking about last week. And the Titans, for their part, were, were humbled by the Texans, another team we've just touched on. They've absolutely nothing to play for. And, you know, perhaps some big questions to be asked in Tennessee and uh, some departures and arrivals anticipated in that part of the world yeah heavy line I top five points I know people look at it and say this is a Jags all day game and maybe the line is kind of reflective of where they both teams were last weekend in terms of both one is a comprehensive win and one is, is very dominant in terms of how they were defeated by the Texans the Titans are an intriguing storyline for me I did a, a very good podcast with uh, with Noel today and Noel Downing on which we discussed, um, we discussed the top ten in the draft order, and they're sitting I think seven or eight at the moment. And we're saying around they've they've drafted two quarterbacks over the past two years, and Malik Willis and, and Will Levison. You still don't know what they, whether either are their long term solution. Mike Vrabel looks like he's a bit disgruntled. He was very agitated at his press conference this week, and said in terms of how he said to how the team would manage this game, there's no there's nobody cashing in their checks. They're going to play hard and, and look to win this game. But I think the Jags might. Might be uh, fine in the sense of it's a, it's a week off from Trevor Lawrence. He's got to come back this week. Maybe he needed that week. He seems to have been 
banged up quite a bit. I mean, the, things haven't been good for the Jags, and they, they strike me as a team right now that will actually go into the playoffs and once they have a home game, they might be after a season ended quite quickly. Or maybe they'll spring a surprise and get back on track. But I think they'll get they're doing enough in this game, but they don't strike me as a team. You're going into this this weekend, there's other games where you'll say they'll be a comprehensive winner until they make sure they're in the playoffs. I think they'll win, get the job done, but I'm not. I'm not. That, what's the right word? Enamoured by the fact that they're going to win this division. I, don't, I think there's a lot of problems there. Yeah, they're a strange team. I think at the start of the season, I would have anticipated that they'd be in a much stronger position than they are. Like the Jags of a couple of weeks ago was kind of what I expected. The Jags of right now um, is far below, I think, where their ceiling is, where their potential is. And you do kind of have to wonder when a coach is seasoned and as successful and as experienced as, as, as Doug Peterson is, is struggling to get the the absolute best out of them. What's going on there? There's so much talent on, on both sides of the ball. You know, at one stage they were looking like one of the better defensive units. They were leading the league in terms of takeaways. They had, you know, Evan Ingram and, and, and other constituents in the passing game balling out. They looked like they had a pretty balanced running game as well. And suddenly it just seemed to have stopped clicking. Like it, it's the antithesis of what happens with a lot of teams where they can struggle to get it together and then suddenly the, the cogs click into place and they get it going. As the Jaguars did last year, you thought they'd pick up where, where they where they left off. If anything, they kind of seem to have had the men in black memory wipe midway through the season have forgotten how to do it and they're, they're trying to figure it out again. I think they're still a dangerous team and they're not necessarily a team that you'd love to face in the in the playoffs, particularly given what they were able to do when they rallied and beat the the, the Chargers last year and that uh, that infamous game from a Brandon Staley perspective. Your, your man. Um, I, I think five points... I'm not saying this is a rock and share game, but I, I can see why they're favoured by five in, in, in this spot. Um, given what we saw the, Titan, the Titans do last week, um, you know this. This is the from a Steelers perspective, though. This is this is the kind of banker, isn't it? You kind of well, sorry. This is not the this is not the one you're banking on because yeah. they need either the Jags or the Bills to lose, provided they beat the Ravens. Um, you're kind of overlooking this one. I, yeah, I don't think the Titans are the team that's going to spring that. We thought they were on the beach shock. Uh, I think this is going to be a Jacksonville win, um, and yeah, I think they probably will. I think they probably will cover the spread as well, um, just given how abject Tennessee were. Uh, in last week's loss, sometimes you get a strong fight back game, and I'm sure that's what Mike Vrabel is picking for. But you wonder where his head is at and what his thoughts are are going into the off season. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's been he's cut a very disgruntled figure ever since that that AJ Brown trade. I think that that let the air out of Mike Vrabel's balloon. That was 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 something that he didn't associate with a team that you know had designs on actually winning a Super Bowl and, and and thought it was in a good place. I don't think it's ever been the same since then. That to me was a sliding doors moment in. In Tennessee, and we we will watch this space with interest. And um, over in the NFC South, it's Falcons at Saints. And um, not surprised that the Saints start this one as favourites at home. Brian, um, given what we saw happen, you know, to Atlanta last week, one of the strong points for the Falcons in an up and down, inconsistent season has been their defense. You know, it's a, it's a top ten defense in most statistical categories. One of the things, the areas where they've been particularly strong is they haven't given up many red zone touchdowns. They've only given up 16 over the entire season. So only 16 times have teams managed to convert red zone opportunities into touchdowns prior to last week's game at Soldier Field. They gave up three in the first half. Like It really did seem like they'd been figured out and that they couldn't get anything going. You know, Arthur Smith has looked like he's he's on tilt for the last few weeks. And Again, they're one of those teams that you almost want to back them the week after they lose because they they you know they'll surprise you and come back and win. Um, but rolling into New Orleans, given their inconsistent form and and given what the Saints were able to do last week when the chips were down for them, 
Um, I was impressed by by what New Orleans managed to do. I, I think this is a Saints home win for me. Yeah, I also felt last week as a feel of a head coach trying to survive this off season because there's a lot of talk that changes will be made in New Orleans. But if they can get on a run towards the end of the season, sometimes they can kind of mask what's actually been a poor season. I, I agree with you. I got with the Saints. I was thinking, I was was reflecting on the first time in which he's played. I was kind of to the narrative you were talking about that Falcons defense. They held him to five field goals and he had a pick six on Derek Carr. Ironically enough, when he was in the red zone, they looked like the most saved some players for him to score. But I think, I think Arthur Smith is on his last legs there. We've touched on over the past few weeks. Um, Arthur Blank was quite optimistic about him staying on. And ultimately, that Panthers loss at 9-7 on their own was the one that kind of, he became unstuck in terms of what the owner was saying about the situation and how he would address it at the end of the season. I think Saints win and then they'll, they'll watch the scores and hopefully the Panthers do them a miracle and beat the Bucks, but I can't see it. So it's Saints to win, but we lose now on the playoffs. All right, that brings to an end our first segment of picks brought to you by RuPoint, demonstrating the value of global PR and comms. You can see how RuPoint can help your business at RuPoint.com. Right on we go on the Irish NFL show. 